If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's happening, man? I'm glad you're a big fan of Prey. I'm glad you're a big fan of the movie. Obviously, I was the Predator. So it was crazy. It was a crazy thing. I was up there for like 90 plus days in Calgary, Canada, shooting this movie. And the rest of the cast had been there for like two months already shooting, um, you know, the Indian village and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it was insane. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I couldn't see anything when I shot all my scenes. I did all the acting stunts and mocap. I was looking through two tiny little holes in the neck at the ground in order to make the predator uh, look forward. So all my fighting, all my acting, all of that, I was completely blind. Unlike right now where I can see and look around. Um, but it was a ton of fun. It was super hot. It was like kind of hot in June when we started and got into July and August, super hot every day. And then boom, September hits and it starts getting really cold. We're shooting nighttime. The mud pit was shot at nighttime. You know, we have like a 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. day and it cooled down a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was it was wild and crazy. Amber, who played Naru, was awesome. Dakota, who's one of my best friends, who played Tabe. I was just with him three days ago. He's still one of my really great friends. And yeah, <coughs> excuse me, as for future projects, I don't know anything. Everyone wants to know, is there a sequel? I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen for the future. I hope they call me. But yeah, so it's just crazy. I still can't believe I'm the predator and I'm here talking to you. And yeah, watch your back. And I would say, if I could give you one piece of advice, it would be, don't go out there. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. We had an incredible October. I hope you did as well. Uh, Halloween spooky season was fantastic. Uh, just want to thank y'all again for the support. We really appreciate y'all. Uh, before we get into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Everything about our podcast is on our website. Uh, if you want to get to know us a little more, check out our website. If you want to listen to our episodes and interviews from episode one to the new weekly release, we have all those there. We've done some incredible interviews in the past. If you want to check out our interviews tab, it's a lot easier to find all of them there. 
uh, definitely check that out. We have our store. We have some new T-shirts. They're awesome. Rep your favorite horror podcast. We'd really appreciate it. We also have Shan's Etsy page attached as well if you want to get a Tumblr. Uh, they're selling like hotcakes. Definitely go grab one of those. We've wrote blogs. We've got all kind of cool stuff. We also have all of our social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Like us, subscribe us, follow us, all that good stuff. Uh, we're 150 subscribers away from 1,000 on YouTube. That's awesome. Subscribe if Let's you have it. It would it'd really help us out. Uh, we just hit 300 on TikTok, so that's awesome. We're trying to grow all of our social medias, interact with our fans as much as possible. So definitely check us out. And the last thing I'm going to shout out is our Patreon called Blood Donors. We have the traditional monthly reoccurring kind. Uh, none of that money goes in our pockets. It just goes directly back into this podcast to make it even better. What we record on, uh, where we host our files, you know, all that stuff costs money. So it really takes a burden off of us uh, when you help us out. And we also have one-time donations. If you want, if you're a big fan of a movie, wants to review it, we have that tier available as well. And we have two blood donor picks we're doing at the end of the month. So definitely tap in if you want to, if you're interested in that. Uh, Mike, do you want to announce your theme for this month, and then Brian can announce his pick? Yeah, sure, man. So I kind of bounced some ideas around. I had, a, like I've said already twice, I had an M. Night Shyamalan month plan. I just kind of went against it. want to kind of separate those out some. Uh, we got plenty. We're never going to run out of content. I can fully say that. So we got plenty of time to do M. Night Shyamalan movies. Uh, then I really was undecided. I, I, you know, we've done all the decades except for, you know, the 80s. And it's like, we still got to get to those. But I wanted to go something a little different. So I just went with streaming service month. And none of these people advertise with us, even though they should. <laughs> right. But, uh, so if you're listening, you're welcome, by the way. Hulu, you're very Man. welcome. Because I don't know how many people watch, you know, use your platform except for this movie that we're about to review. So I'm very, I watch King of the Hill on it all the time. So I'm lying. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no. So I went with streaming service month. I wanted to make sure we did original content from those uh streaming services so it can't just be nightmare on elm street because it's on hbo max or whatever it has to be an original or exclusive to that streaming service which the minute i did that i was really hoping somebody was going to pick the movie that brian picked for tonight yeah so in that pick is up you know this may date the show a little bit but it's actually the uh it opened to the largest um movie premiere basically that's been on hulu right and uh that's 2022's prey an entry in the the predator franchise so and i'm not the biggest fan of the predator franchise um i think there's more bad than good or i guess it's half and half i guess for me now um but in fact and dustin can attest to this the first one predators which is the third one and if you count the first alien versus predator are the only ones that i owned and would even watch so I went in with low expectations, um, especially with Disney purchasing Fox. No offense, Disney. When, when they purchased Fox, it included these rights. I was obviously pretty worried about anything they would put out Predator or Alien-wise, you know, given that they're rated R franchises and it's Disney. Um, but I'll be damned if this one surprised the hell out of me. You know, I, I was actually going to pick the new Hellraiser, um, peek beneath the cur- or behind the curtain, and, and then I watched this, and I was like, finally, you know, they made another good Predator movie. I got to pick this one. Um, Dan Trachtenberg directed it, which, I mean, come on, you know, people and Al Gore's internet all said that he's not related to Michelle, but how common is that last name? I mean, come on, you know, I'm not buying that. Um, but Danny T did, did, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I'm definitely picking at some point. Uh, 
But on a serious note, I think Amber Mid-Thunder as Naru had a huge task in front of her, trying to be the first, you know, real female lead in this franchise and has to not only pull that off, but has to excel to a badass Ripley and Sarah Connor-esque level to really pull it off in this movie. And I think she did. You know, that's that's huge shoes to fill. And, uh, you know, you guys may not agree with me, but I think she has a, a wonderful career ahead of her after this. Now, is it a perfect movie? No. I mean, there are a few things I definitely have problems with. But overall, I think franchise-wise, it's right up there with the first one for me. I was very impressed. All right, I'll go next. I put in our group chat after I watched it, I thought Predator, I said, what, was all right. And after another watch, I still think Predator is all right. I mean, I don't think it's anything special. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the first, to be honest. It just doesn't have that charm, that magic like the the first Predator did to me. Uh, It's kind of just one of those things, like we talk in our group chat a lot about originality. And this movie's not terrible by any means, but it just didn't feel like, there was anything that special either about it. Uh, like, like Brian said, the actress who played Naru, she was fantastic. She was great. Uh, the predator was portrayed great. Wasn't the biggest fan of his new look, honestly, but it was portrayed great, but I really just felt like, okay. I mean, it's, this is just, so a, and actually just Nico, movie, it's not a new look to be honest with you. It's actually, uh, uh, from predators, like the third one, it's like pretty much like the ones like like the species of predator that's in the third one. Gotcha. Uh, I don't think I've seen that one. I saw the 2010 one and was that with Adrian Brody? I saw that one, but that was a long time ago. I can't. Yeah, remember. that's that one. Okay, well, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But anywho, I think this movie's okay. I don't think it's anything too spectacular, honestly. But it's definitely worth a watch, and I'm excited that Mike picked this theme because I have not seen any of these movies except his pick. So. I'm excited that we're, I'm getting to see some new movies this month. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Prey? I, for one, am uh, shocked that you haven't seen <laughs> these movies. I haven't seen – hey, there's three I haven't seen. So, you know. Hey, Dustin, go to hell. <laughs> I was being sincere, buddy. <laughs> he wasn't Me too. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, so I'm also not the biggest fan of the Predator franchise. I think that made it, I made that very clear when we reviewed the first one. Uh, I believe me and Dustin completely pooped on that movie and nobody was expecting us to do that because it's considered a quote unquote classic. Um, it's fine for what it is. I'm just not like an action movie guy. And that movie had a little bit too much of that like normal standard action stuff that I don't, I, I just don't really care for. However, this movie. I enjoy. I enjoy how grounded it is, how how they kind of just bring it back to basics a little bit. It's a little simpler. Uh, I, and a few things. I wish this movie had gone to a theater because it, the shots at the that you get of nature are absolutely stunning. I mean, they're beautiful. I would love. I would have loved to see that on a movie theater screen. Um, I think the acting is really, really good. Uh, it's kind. of Look, I don't. I'm not like into the Predator lore, so I don't know a lot of the mythology that goes along with this franchise. I've seen the first two. I've seen AVP, and I saw the Predator, which was a total shit bomb in 2018. That movie stunk. Uh, so I wasn't. My expectations were low, but man, Amber Mid Thunder as Naru just absolutely kills it. Her facial acting, and I've seen a lot of people complain this movie doesn't have a lot of dialogue. 
that that was probably good for uh, uh, Nico scene by scene, though. <laughs> and not a whole lot of quotes he had to make for this movie because they don't talk a lot. But I, I kind of like it. And I know I sound kind of crazy saying a Predator movie is grounded in reality, but this is. Um, it's the first one that we get this, like, really far back time travel. I found that very interesting as a way to kind of bring the franchise back. I thought that was a super interesting um, to kind of just kind of place this modern creature into this far back place was very interesting to me and it hooked me it had had my attention now i know we talked about it off air the first 30 minutes of this movie though completely skippable you could miss it and you wouldn't miss anything just my opinion but after that once you settle in and they go back out the hunt it has me and i think it's really really good and intense i think the cgi animals look okay um that's i said okay i didn't say great I said, okay, they, they're, they're serviceable enough once I realize that, oh, those are all CGI. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because I do think it's a, if anything, it's an interesting way into the franchise. It's something very different. And because I have no emotional attachment, I like different. And I, I for the most part, enjoy this film or the last hour of it at least. Yeah, I agree with what you said about the first 30 minutes or so being skippable. I mean, uh, my first time watching it, I was like, man, this is slow. Um, but it, it, I watched it again, and I appreciated it more on the second watch through for sure. I wasn't the biggest fan of the original Predator when we did that movie. I gave it a five. I mean, it's it's an okay. Um, felt like more of an action movie than a horror movie, and um, to me at least. And I wasn't all that impressed with it this one on the second watch through i like it more than the original i don't know what it is there's something about it too i like i I like the uh and brian knows this i've recently watched the entire alien franchise and the entire predator franchise um so i suffered through all that it's not my favorite i'm sorry to to hear that bubba it's not it's not my favorite at all um but this one I thought I thought it worked. I thought it was it was much better. It was a breath of fresh air. I like going, you know, throwing the way back machine and seeing what it was like uh, in the 1700s. That's a nice take on things. Uh, they did a nice job of planting some Easter eggs here and there for the franchise itself. I like the fact that the Predator had a more uh, primal look to it. Um, wasn't as advanced as the um, you know 87 original and beyond. That's a nice touch just to show like as much as we've came in that time, uh, you know, as a civilization predator species went a long way as well. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's still parts in it that aren't my favorite. I don't love the movie. Um, I thought the CG animals were uh, Halloween mask bad. Um, But (laughs) uh, which one was that? Which one was that? H2O. H2O. Yeah. Yeah. H2O bad. But um, rough buddy. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I mean, uh, I I enjoyed it more than I expected to, given that the franchise was fresh on my mind, and I, God, that was a task. That was a freaking chore to watch all those movies, and then I go into this one, I'm like, oh, great, here we go, and I I came out surprised. And I would just like to apologize for those big Predator fans out there where I accidentally called this a prequel to the Alien franchise. I think you know what I meant, but that's okay. 
Well, tech, technically it I is. Know. I said I mean, technically I'm not completely wrong. but Exactly. Whatever. Technically it is, and they're in the same universe. So. Although I will stand AVP. Just, I will stand that first AVP. I, I like first AVP. Me too. I've never seen it. Uh, <laughs> it's one I would like to watch, though. It sounds fun. Uh, any more opening thoughts? <laughs> Go to hell, Mike. Any opening <laughs> thoughts? No. He's not I'm here with us tonight. He said, he said, we have to do this show before my internet shits again. <laughs> Brother, I was so pissed last week. Anywho, let's jump into the scene by scene. The film starts with Naru narrating, speaking on a monster that came long ago. We get beautiful nature shots as we, as we see Naru sleeping with her dog beside her. She awakens, and please forgive me if I butcher any words, fans, listeners. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Uh, I'm just a redneck Asian from North Florida, South Georgia, so I apologize. Uh, she awakens and joins the tribe. We see her digging up this root, and now she's practicing tossing her axe. They hear some birds in the distance, and Naru spots two giant deer. A loud noise scares the deer, and Naru begins pursuit after them. She stumbles, and she hears her dog, Sari, whimper as it's caught in a trap. Naru uses some of the root as medicine on the dog. Another loud rumble in the sky, and Naru follows it. She sees a disturbance in the sky, and we get a title card. I think his name is Taib and Naru speak on a hunt from when he was little. She acts bored during the story, and he shoots down a bird in mid-flight. Naru tells him about the thunderbird she saw in the sky. She says she's ready for the hunt. The Northern Great Plains, September 1719. Naru feeds Sari some fish as her mother makes some more medicine. It's for War Chief's bad knee. Naru asks if she's used orange totsia. Uh, totsia? I think it's totsia. Mother says she's so good at many other things. Why do you want to hunt? Tai walks in with a red-tailed bird, and Mother sends Naru after some more orange totsia. We see this ship flying, and a predator exits the back port, and the ship flies away. Naru is collecting more, and we hear the tribespeople shouting. She asks Itzi what happened. He says Puhi was caught by a lion. We have to find him. A group of the tribesmen go out searching. The predator makes clicking noises, and Itzi draws back on his bow. Taib sticks up for her and says, we have to find that cat now. We see an ant crawl into like an invisible force as a rattlesnake catches a mouse. It drops the mouse and raises back, but is stabbed from behind by the invisible predator. They find some lion scat and keep pursuit. Sari keeps in pursuit as they find Puhi. He's still breathing. Naru gives him some of the orange totsia. They build a gurney to carry him away. They tell Naru so much will kill him. She says it will just cool his blood. She asks, why was he still alive? What scared the cat away? Naru finds a rattlesnake skin, and she scratches, and she sees scratches and blood all over the tree. She asks what the footprints are, and they say it's a big bear. She goes to find her brother, and they say Paka, they send Paka with her. Tai puts out, puts out her torch, and she tells him she found huge tracks, nothing she's ever seen. They're in the cat's den now. We have to deal with that first. Tai says, we tried Naru's way. We'll bait the cat. Paka is ambushed by the lion. As he shit talks Naru. Naru is being backed to the edge of the branch by the lion and it charges her. She falls out of the tree, hitting her head. Naru wakes up in her mother's tent. Your brother carried you home. She tells her he went back for the lion and needs to stay and rest. Puhi survived because of her med her medicine. We hear a ruckus outside as Tai returns with a dead lion. The tribe gathers and celebrates his return. Naru walks away frustrated. He asks where she's going. We did it. She asks about what skinned the snake and left the tracks. He now says, you can't. I had to carry you back. You didn't do it. I did. 
You tried, but you couldn't bring it home. And Taib walks away. All right, Brian, that's the opening set of scenes I got. What'd you think? Yeah, first of all, let me say that I'm glad Disney kept the 20th Century Fox opening, like even though they bought Fox, because it's nostalgic for me. I love it. Let's keep it forever. Uh, Okay, so right off the bat, let me address something, because I know it's a pet peeve of Dustin's. uh, But most of all, a lot of people listening may not get, get the way that they did this. You know, Trachtenberg has even said that this isn't meant to be looked at as they speak Comanche part of the time and then English part of the time. Um, kind of a sidebar. I'm actually with Dustin on that pet peeve, by the way. I hate it when it's not realistic. And I'm also that. that I'm the same way. We agree 100% um, on that. And my big my thing about that is if you're going to commit to it, stick with it. They switch back and forth. They interchange it. He'll be speaking English and then throw in a Comanche term. What the? No. Stick to it. Anyway, go ahead. I'll save it for my turn. They're said to speak Comanche at first, so you understand that they're speaking Comanche this entire movie, and then they just put the rest in English so you didn't have to do the subtitles. Like, there's actually a, a Comanche-dubbed version of this movie that was released as well, so where you can actually read the subtitles, and they actually speak Comanche the entire time. Which I mean, is Tra- cool. Yeah. yeah, Trachtenberg said both languages are spoken, but when you hear English, it's as if it's Comanche. Trachtenberg said so, but uh, I know that's not really explained here. So I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that's how it was intended to be seen. It's kind of known as the hunt for red October problem. Like they tried to do that with, with speaking Russian in hunt for red October. So uh, um, there's some of that in the Chernobyl TV series as well. Like you get some terms that are like, really just, just don't do that. And, and to Dustin's point too, even though they speak the language the rest of the time, there are some Comanche stuff that's like thrown in there because there's no translation yeah. supposedly like for the English, there's no translation, but in the subtitles for the Comanche version, it does tell what it's supposed to mean anyway. Um, anyway, and I meant to say this in my open, but I, I agree with you guys. I really like the new spin on things with placing this back in the 1700s, you know, and we all know like with Halloween ends, for example, when you try to do something different in a franchise that's gone on and been established for as long as predator and alien have, Sometimes you can, as Nico puts it, piss down your leg, um, you know, and, and I don't feel like this one did that. For me, it's kind of a welcome change. And uh, let me also talk about the soundtrack, since especially here, but really all throughout, there's a lot of sections where there's not a lot of action happening, like brought up or even talking. So you're really relying on this, this Sarah Sackner score to, to not only be its own character, but really carry a lot of this movie and convey the atmosphere and I, I mean, I personally love it. I mean, there were complaints online about it not being a quote unquote predator soundtrack. I say, get the fuck out of here with that. I mean, I think it's great. And, and it has enough of a hint of the old soundtrack that it's in the ballpark. I mean, it's fine. Um, you know, now there are some issues like it's low budget. So like you guys talked about the some of the CGI, especially on some of these animals at the first, like the deer, the snake, the rat at the start doesn't look perfect, but I think Trachtenberg does a good enough job for the most part, for me anyway, of quick cutting and like keeping it blurred out so that I don't think it's distracting. Um, and the other problem I have is, is the same one I have with the original Predator. Don't show me the fucking ship. Like, I don't want to see the ship landing. Why is there a need for that? Like, I want the Predator to just automatically be here. Like, I just don't, I don't think that's unneeded. And to me, it takes it to more of a sci-fi level that I don't put Predator in, if that makes sense. And, uh, the last thing I'll say, and I'll shut up, is that I really love how this plays throughout, like, of Nauru not being seen as a threat. 
because she was seen as a weak woman and quote, you know, women had their place back then, you know, and now Dustin and I discussed this earlier off air. It's really dumbed down to way less than reality, but I do appreciate the attempt at realism there and how it really kind of intertwines the story as just like another hurdle that our hero has to deal with. Sorry for talking so long. Go ahead, Mike. No, you're totally fine. You'll make up for my lack of, of notes on this set of scene, just because not a whole lot, really happens at least that kind of got my interest it's really the very end of this set of scenes where i'm like okay we're going back out into the we're going back out into the woods that's kind of where the movie picks up for me but there's a few things uh one i think you get some really just awesome looking shots of nature here um look i didn't look it up and that's my fault but i'm sure that some of this is legit maybe there is a touch of cgi with some of this nature but it looks really good um, and I would have loved to see that cinematography on a theater screen. I really would have. Um, I love, I love Naru. Like, I think she's a great female lead or lead just in general, just a general lead character for a franchise movie. Like, I think she doesn't, this character has my interest peaked, uh, because she is tough and, and wants to be more important in this tribe. And I think it just works out really well. Uh, I will say that. For the most part, in this set of scenes, I don't think a whole lot takes place uh, that really pertains to later, except for the treatment of Naru. Like, that's pretty much the main key takeaway to me in this set of scenes. And I will say, I don't know if they didn't do enough with the rest of the family to make me care about them that much. Um, like, I, I could, honestly, you could have had this whole movie go full I Am Legend and have it be Naru and, and the dog, and I would have been fine. Like I, I that that would have been fine with me. Um, so I feel like we spent a little bit too much time on the rest of everybody else here that I just don't think is all that important. Uh, yes, in these in this set of scenes, the CG animals don't look very good. The snake looks. I mean, it's not like anaconda or anything, but it looks. Or it's not like the or the uh, the alligator in in. Uh, Damn it, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Lake Placid. It's not that, but it's 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 got some spots where I'm like, oh man. And the rat looks funny, but like you said, they do a pretty good job of not overshowing. So I can suspend my disbelief enough. Um, all in all, this is a slow set of scenes. Uh, I think there's some like intense stuff here, but outside of that, it's at the very end where the movie just boom picks up for me because. They, you know, everyone kind of wants her to stay. The brother wants to stay, but she knows that that's not what was making those tracks. And I think that's where the movie, I think this is where the movie is right here. Like from the next set of scenes until the end, it has my full attention and I'm very intrigued. Yeah. Um, so Brian, you mentioned it. I'm just, I'm immediately annoyed with how they go back and forth from Comanche English. I get it. But like you said, they, they didn't just strictly speak English the rest of the way. They threw in Comanche, and I get it. If there's not a translation, there's not a translation. Find a different word. Like, you you wrote the movie. It's not like you're quoting something. Write it differently. Pick a different word that does translate. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's um, true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the atmosphere and the cinematography, the nature shots that we get in this movie are phenomenal throughout. I mean, it's just, it's a gorgeous movie. Um, we do, I think, get way too much time, way too in-depth with our uh, 
character building and our, our characters' backstories here just makes this set of scenes really drag out to me. Um, first of all, well, you know, the, the animals, they did look pretty bad. The CG animals did look bad. The, the rat, the snake, uh, and the rest of them that we get the rest of the movie. Um, it, it really, honestly, at this point, it made me fearful of what the actual predator was going to look like. That's the reason I brought it up was because when I see that and I know that the, the predator is supposed to be transparent and then, um, you know, we're probably going to see it go from transparent to uh, visible in, in a single shot. I'm scared. I'm like, oh, that's going to look like crap because you know, I already had my doubts and reservations because this is straight to a streaming service and it's Hulu. It's not like it's Net- Netflix is established. Hulu hasn't really they're not established with the direct releases yet. And so I was just nervous, but they saved it later on. Um, also, the dog's tail got caught in trap. What? Like, not not the, the dog didn't step on the trap. The dog's tail got caught in it. That was weird. I couldn't let that go. I had to rewind. I was like, wait, was that the tail? But um, anyway, we I like how this opening set of scenes doesn't reveal too much with the predator. Also, uh, we get a couple of uh, hints of what's going on. We hear the sound, the clicking noise, whatever we see the ship, um, which I I didn't really have a problem with. It is what it is, but I I just really love how they didn't overexpose in this opening set of scenes because it it made the build to it that much better. But overall, it's not a bad opening set of scenes. It's just very slow. And on my first watch through, I was like, Oh my God, this movie is going to be terrible, but it made up for it. It picked it up. <laughs> All right, Naru is asleep and she's awakened. If they don't see, we show them. She and Sari get whipped up and she goes against the grain. She's back in the wilderness and she finds more odd colored blood on the tree stumps. She measures out a track in the ground with a stick. We see a wolf sneak up on a rabbit as a thermovision scopes both animals out. The wolf chases and catches the rabbit until it's ambushed by the predator. The wolf runs and pounces, but is gutted. The predator removes its spine and head. Naru whiffs on an axe throw at a rabbit and continues to practice. She constructs a rope-like device to attach to her axe. Naru continues hiking and she's cooking over an open flame. The next morning, she stomps out the fire and tells Sari they must go find what left the tracks. The predator is now dissolving all the flesh and the hair off the wolf's head and admires it and puts it on his side. Naru now finds a field full of buffalo that have been scanned and are all decaying. She prays over one, and we now see the predator leap out of a tree and into a stream. Naru hears some birds rustling and suddenly sinks into some quicksand. The predator notices someone has been where the buffalo were, finding her hair. She tosses her axe towards a cluster of tree roots and limbs repeatedly. She finally gets her axe to catch as she's almost completely submerged. She pulls herself out of the quicksand. She's down at the water cleaning up and rinsing her axe off. She hears her dog whimper who carries a mouse. They climb to a cliff and they find a bear eating on a dead deer. She pulls back on her arrow and the string snaps, giving away her location. The bear chases after their location. Sari distracts the bear. Naru gets the bowstring back up and goes after the bear. Sari runs back to her and past her. And then I just wrote, she half-assed shoots the arrow at the bear and dives into the river and hides in a beaver dam. The bear attacks the beaver dam, trying to get to her. She looks up, seeing the predator and the bear fighting. The bear roars with green blood pouring out its mouth and it charges at the predator. The predator punches the bear, knocking it out. The predator picks it up over his head and drops it as he sees her body temperature in the water. 
She takes the current downstream and gets out of the water and back to shore. She's hiking again and four tribesmen walk up on her. They were sent by her brother to find her. She says she saw what left the tracks. They joke it looked like a monster from a children's story. They attack her, telling her she's going home. She's kicking ass at first until they gang up on her. The predator watches from above. They tie her hands up and sit her down. One guy goes to drop a deuce as the others get water. The other men post up when they hear rustling in the brush. They shoot and kill some possums. One of the men walk into the clearing and grabs one of the possums. He freezes when he sees a trio of lasers pointing at his chest. He drops dead when three arrows shoot, killing him. Naru saws on the rope as the other two men watch the arrows being pulled from his body. They shoot the predator, and he reveals himself. The two fight the predator valiantly, but one has his arm cut off, then his head. Naru cuts herself free as the other warrior is killed. Naru runs from the predator as fast as she can until she is grabbed by Itsy in a tall field of grass. The predator walks towards them and finds their body heat. Itsy pulls back on his arrow until Naru sees the red lasers. She says he has us, and they take off. Itsy is caught from behind and killed viciously. Naru keeps running until she's caught in a trap. The predator doesn't attack her and disappears when some Frenchmen find her, knocking her out with a gun butt. All right, Brian, that's the next set of scenes I got. What'd you think, brother? Yeah, first off, the soundtrack really stands out in this set of scenes for me, since a major chunk of the start of this is Naru alone. You know, Mike brought up I Am Legend, and I have it written down too, and I also think it was a smart choice to go the I Am Legend route too and include the dog, Sari, here in this set of scenes. I think it really gives Amber's Naru something to play off of. You know, something to get out, you know, get out some of that dialogue and inner dialogue so it's not such a boring watch. I mean, just seeing scenery and music, um, it does help to me with the progression of everything. And I don't think I said this in the first Predator, but I've always felt it. Come the fuck on. Like, Heat Vision is cheating as shit. Like, I mean, I guess hunters nowadays, you know, do a lot of the warrior, you know, do a lot of the same kind of shit. But if you're supposed to go out and, and show you're the biggest, baddest warrior on, on these hunts, why are you cheating? And this shows him progressively like trying to figure out what is the biggest predator on earth going from like snake to wolf. But you can't, I mean, you can't just tell how outmatched you have these little creatures compared to you. I mean, the, the predator's species isn't very honorable in this regard. Um, let me just say that. Cool effects on showing him melting the skin off the skulls, though. I thought that was awesome. You know, and, and kind of in that same regard, I at least do like what Dustin brought up, that they tried to make the Predator technology at least a little more primitive than, than what we've seen before. You know, although he's bringing heat-seeking fucking vision, you know, against stick weapons for the most part. I guess yo-yo it, things later <laughs> in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck are these little flying saucers? But I, I guess at least he doesn't have those shoulder missiles. Like, and a little fun fact, the, the Predator's biomask is made from skull of a river ghost. Uh, that's something that we actually saw in the third movie, Predators, um, which is the the predator species, like I brought up, that he resembles most as well from that movie, the third one. I like how it set up a lot of shit. Like you think the predator is the one who is skinning these animals and setting these traps, you know, but then they introduce these Frenchmen. But I also love how they set up this swamp marsh because you think, as a fan of the original, I did anyway, that it's going to come back into play in much of the same regard, you know, like like it did in the first one. You know, but but to me, you get thrown for a loop when it finally does come back at the end. It was how a nod, I feel like it's supposed to be to like original movies. You know, and I'm kind of mixed on the bear sequence. Like most of it looked okay, and it broke. You know, it kind of broke it up some, gave it some action. 
but it just feels like an inserted scene. Like it didn't feel as natural as I guess some of the other scenes to me. It's still good shit. Um, great visual of Predator knock, knocking that bear on his ass and like cutting off the limbs of that that one Comanche too, uh, the one Comanche brethren one at a time. Um, you know, also great overhead scene that's basically borrowed from the Lost World Jurassic Park 2 of the uh, the Predator chasing them through the tall grass. Beautiful shot in both movies as well. Um, first time I saw this, I thought that that was her brother. And I was like, damn, he went out like that? Um, you know, obviously, I was wrong, but I was disappointed at first. I just want to throw that in there. And uh, also, I like how they didn't use the subtitles for the Frenchman because, you know, we're seeing this basically through Nauru's eyes. So we hear the Comanche in English so we can understand them. But since we are, you know, we are her, no way we'd be able to understand the Frenchman. So I like how the movie doesn't give us those subtitles either. It's definitely where the movie picks up majorly for me. Yeah, I really like this set of scenes because I think it does a lot of just like giving us more character of Nauru. And again, this is like a little bit of the I Am Legend stretch that I'm talking about where it's just kind of her and the dog. And, you know, she kind of goes off on her own. And I love the scene right here where she makes a string for her weapon. Like, I think that's a really cool way to show she's smart. She's a good hunter. Like, I think it's a really great character development thing that they did there to kind of give her an extra tool on how to get her out of sticky situations. I know, and you're not the only one, Brian. I've seen a lot of people mixed on that bear scene, but I got to tell you, it's what got me into the movie. Like, I mean, it from, I know that bear is CGI, but it's probably the best looking of these CGI animals to me, uh, as far as the ones that are supposed to be real animals. Like, I think there's enough there to make me suspend my disbelief and really buy in to this whole bear chasing the dog thing. Cause I'm so attached to the dog. Like, I think that's a really good way to kind of bring that bear in and the scene where she's basically in the dam or whatever you want to call that, that like, that is such an intense scene. I think they do a good job of making you think, uh Oh, something bad could happen here. And I like this scene where the bear and predator are fighting each other. One, because we get to kind of see the blood on predator eventually, but predator bleeds a little bit. And I, I, I like that they're kind of and I know he does in other movies, but I just meant like, okay, we're showing that this thing isn't completely super whatever. Like it has weaknesses. It can bleed, which comes back to play later on in the movie. So I like that. I like that he just didn't totally dominate this huge fucking bear that the bear kind of got his too. It got a shit in, pal. That's a wrestling term that only two other people will get. I use it every week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, I like this bear scene a lot. I... And this is where I really start to like the use of Predator. Like, yeah, the heat vision and stuff is not primitive technology, but he's a more advanced species than 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 we are currently on Earth in the 1700s. But he's still far enough behind where it makes logical sense to me that he would have more of these things. So all the stuff with the other uh, Comanches, I just kind of don't... Again, they didn't do enough to set up enough for me to care about them. So when she's fighting them, I just kind of don't want them there. Like, I just wish they weren't part of this thing. But it does do a good enough job to kind of show that she's a badass on her own. She doesn't need this extra protection or anything like that. And her brother says as much later in the movie. So, um, you know, all, all the stuff with the Frenchman and everything else, like, that's fine. Like, it's okay. But I really, I'm invested in in the Predator as a force and 
Naru as a person. Like that's where my investment lies. And I think some of this other stuff is a little fluff to me. I thought they could. I know I'm. I I may be in the minority here, but they could have even stripped this back more than they did by making it even simpler than they did without including some of this stuff. That's just me. Like a really bare bones, basic predator film. I think would have worked even better than 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 this version did. And I feel like some of this stuff where they add people and guns and all this other stuff, like, yeah, that makes sense because of the time period and it, and her learning how to use the gun and all that stuff, like, later on, that's fine. But, like, I feel like if you just stripped it back just a little bit more and had it be very basic, I would have enjoyed it more. So I really like this set of scenes, so especially the bear stuff. Yeah, um, we get some more just absolute beautiful cinematography here. Uh, great nature shots. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I especially like the uh overhead shots like from the sky looking down at the trees as we pass just good stuff there man uh we get the iconic infrared shot from predator's perspective here it's cool and you know it's a nice bit of nostalgia for the old one uh you know for the for the franchise but get some more bad cg with the wolf man that wolf looked like crap especially when he punched the wolf it did or kicked it It or whatever That, that was bad and uh then you know she sets up camp and the next morning she wakes up. Was she brushing her teeth? What was that? I rewinded it. I was like, was she brushing her teeth? And I even looked up. Did Native Americans brush their teeth? And apparently they took, uh, like, uh, I saw pine needles. But that didn't look like pine needles. I don't know. That was very confusing for me. So someone who's that. more well-versed in Native American culture, uh, drop us a comment and school me. What was she doing as she stomped out that fire? I couldn't let it go. Um we get a pretty gnarly shot of all the dead buffaloes there. I thought that was, uh, I don't know, it's pretty good, pretty good graphic, uh, pretty good effects there on those. And I like the little uh, hint of another added quote unquote predator where they're picking up the shell casing there. Um, that was that was cool to let them know that hey, there's there's more than one cook in the kitchen here. Um, and then we get you know we get to see the predator, and I thought. This is where all of my doubts and concerns were uh, relieved. The Predator looked great. Great transition from the print transparent to the visible. Great effects all around there. I like the look of it. Everything was well done there. But I know what I just said about how I like the uh, hint of another Predator and, you know, with the shell case in there. But to be honest with you, the Frenchman storyline is just kind of okay to me. It just kind of exists. It's a little bit unnecessary unnecessary yeah, because yeah because yeah. now you just got so many moving parts i'm not saying it was bad at all because they're the the scenes that involved the frenchman were were fine and they added some cool uh cool shots and cool scenes cool moments but overall it's just like man we got a lot going on here we got a girl that's supposed to be hunting something we've got a predator that's hunting them we've got animals dying now we got frenchmen in the mix it's just a, it's just a lot going on when I felt like they really could have kept it more simple and been just as effective. But we're getting more action here. We, we got to see the Predator, so really made up for the slow pacing in the first set of scenes. Naru wakes up in a wooden cage at the Frenchman's camp. She begins to kick the box and sees her wound. She hears her dog barking and Big Beard approaches. She says they killed the buffalo. He stabs at her through the box and Raphael walks up. He asks what she saw and if she's Comanche. You should be helping us. I think this creature is a hunter. What do you know? If you were smart, you'd help us. They take Taib out of his cage and cut him across his chest. 
Nauru and Taib are tied to a tree now as the Frenchmen surround the trees, watching for the predator. Taib asks if the thing the white men are after was what she was tracking. The men on the horses are killed and the horses run away. The two, sni- I just call them snipers, they're killed. The two try and get loose from the tree as the predator reveals himself. Nauru says the predator doesn't hunt like that. It doesn't want bait. It didn't think I was a threat. Taib says he killed the lion with her plan. If it bleeds, we can kill it. The predator is caught in a trap and the Frenchmen run out and throw a net on it, thinking they've gotten the best of it. The predator now begins to massacre the men various ways. Nauru drags a trap towards them as the predator keeps slaying. She tells Taib to get down. She has a plan. She tells the story of a beaver biting its own leg off to survive a flood. She used the trap to cut the rope binding them, saying, I'm smarter than a beaver, though. Taib goes to get a horse, and Nauru goes to get Sari. Three bombs blow up from the predator armor. Back at the camp, and Nauru sneaks up to rescue Sari. A man goes to kill the dog, but Nauru attacks him, killing the four men. She gets her dog free and sends him off. We see the predator performing first aid on himself. Raphael limps up, asking for medical help, and says he'll show her how to shoot the gun in exchange. She gives him some of the orange totsia, and he lies back, saying he's cold. He crawls away, then fakes dead as the predator walks up. He examines Raphael, but gets no thermo energy off of him. Nauru notices the predator can't see him. He steps on him, and Raphael springs up, but he's killed immediately. Taib rides up and knocks the predator's helmet off, saving Sari. Nauru notices the helmet shooting the arrows. Predator is distracted by Nauru as Taib stabs him through the back with a spear. The two fight now and Predator goes invisible. We hear a branch snap and Taib tells Nauru to run. This is far as I go and he's stabbed from behind. Predator walks towards Nauru who is frozen but is stabbed in the leg by Taib with a skull distracting it so Nauru can get away and Taib is killed now for good. And the next set of scenes are the ending. Go ahead, Brian. And I think I've said this dog's name a, a, every a different way every single time. I apologize. <laughs> uh, yeah, so now's a good time to kind of shout out a friend of the show, Dane Deliegro, who who played the Predator throughout. He was kind enough to do uh, our show intro for us and talked a little bit about how awesome it was to kind of get to play this role. And I think he did a great job. You can also find him on American Horror Stories, and he has Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Volume three, Dustin, coming out next year. Um, Can't wait. Dane is fucking six foot nine, by the way. And hopefully we can get him on the show to talk about how he performed all these acting stunts and motion capture for the Predator without a stunt double, by the way. Um, and, And again, hopefully we can have him on here to talk a little bit more about this. But fun fact, with Dane's head inside the neck of the Predator costume, uh, apparently, the ADI team had to come up with strategies to avoid the character looking too, quote unquote, long necked on camera. Um, he was quoted as saying, there was a little bit of learning curve. You can't stand upright," said Andrew Gillis. Um, Dane had to go go into what we were calling beast mode. So he was throwing his shoulders forward. You know, we had sculpted the shoulders forward to sort of kind of bring the leak the length of the neck down, disguise it with those thinner dreads, which goes back to a horror character, kind of almost like Japanese ghost from the ring or something uh, that would help him hide the length of the neck. But it was really on Dane to shrug his shoulders forward the whole time. So it didn't look misproportioned. I thought that was a cool little tidbit there. Uh, This scene with the Frenchman, you know, and how they're, they're using Nauru and Taib as, as bait, I think is beautifully shot scene and my favorite personal scene in the movie. Um, maybe the entire franchise, that fog, 
and these shots of the predator overhead and underneath jumping, you know, through the trees, the gore, the soundtrack, everything came together beautifully. Um, we also get the little Easter egg callback with if it bleeds, we can kill it line, you know, his, his badass jumping out of that net, you know, and then like fucking using his like steel net thing to cut that Frenchman in half. That was some good shit right there. Um, another great fight scene with the Frenchman back at the camp fighting Nauru. Great choreography, I think. Uh, Mid Thunder does a fantastic job finally turning into that badass we hoped she would with her arc over the movie. You know, we also get another little Easter egg with this 1715 engraved flintlock pistol. It's apparently the same one that was given to Danny Glover at the end of Predator 2, which, look, I know it has its fan base, but that's an awful movie, in my opinion. Like, I hate it. Um, and also, this does raise a lot of questions. Like, how did the Predators get it back to give to Danny Glover in the first place? So maybe that'll be answered in a sequel. I don't know. If we get that, let's have Mid-Thunder back to play her own ancestor. I think that would be awesome. Um, and the last thing, just a few things here I love at the end of uh, this group of scenes. I love her fighting out, uh, figuring out that he couldn't see. Um, I assume that's Raphael Adolani, you know, since that's who gave the pistol with his name on it. But uh, he could, the Predator couldn't see him since his blood temperature was lowered, which I know is a stretch. But let me just say, it was also funny as hell when he accidentally stepped on him. Like, right before uh, Taib and Nuru's fight with the Predator too, um, when he cloaks himself, this is one of those parts we were talking about earlier, Dustin, like Taib yells something in exasperation, which is, isn't translated at all mm -hmm. um, in the normal English version. But apparently the Comanche version reveals that he actually yells cheater uh, for not fighting in the open. Great fight scene and uh, great, great way for my guy Taib to, to kind of finish it out and get out of the movie. Yeah, this set of scenes to, to me is really all about, you know, some of the more action-y parts of Predator that I know that's kind of what the franchise is is kind of based off of in that way. But it's, again, it's done in a way that's very different in this film, and I actually like it. Uh, I like the fight scenes we get, man. I think this set of scenes where Predator is badass. Like the way he gets out of the net, you talked about the way he kind of uses his steel things to cut people. He's got these exploding bombs. Like there's just some really cool shit. From Predator stay, in this. Get, stay tuned for uh, Dustin to dub Ray Mysterio Jr.'s music into that like he did fucking Freddy Krueger <laughs> yeah. because he jumped out he kind of the same I way. <laughs> I mean, there's just some really cool Predator shit and some really cool, some cool Naru shit too. Like, she proves to be this badass that can lead this movie in this franchise. Like, I, man, I hope you're right. Like, I hope if we get a later on down the road sequel that's kind of set in more modern day. I hope she plays her own ancestor. I think they would be wise to do that. That makes sense to me. Uh, I think that'd be a little fun thing to do because she's badass in these fight scenes, man. She kicks ass. Like, it is just... I, I love it, and it ratchets up. Um, now, again, some of the stuff with the Frenchman, while you, you're not wrong, uh, it's shot really well. I just don't care about them. Like, I really don't. Uh, I care about Nauru and her brother and, 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 and the Predator, and I think that's really what this should have been i i did not know that about him calling him a cheater that is a really cool line and a really cool easter egg i think if you know what that means um i had a question for you brian you may know the answer but this the the guy who played predator he had a prosthetic costume that was all the way correct and they kind of dubbed it over with cgi I don't know that i think that's that, what that'd I be a good question online, for him to because good question for him when he comes on the show hopefully okay. Hopefully, because some people did like a side by side. I, I think I saw online and they 
said that you know they made him a full get up and it looked really good and some people were mad that they used the CGI version instead. Oh, you mean oh you mean like yeah he did do motion capture for he did do some motion. No, capture I mean he that like they said that they made a a whole a whole get up like a whole Interesting. like a real predator thing and they decided not to use it because I guess it costs too much to film it or something or whatever. I, I dude know. I don't know. Uh, I have to look that up, but I found that interesting because. I actually think the CGI works here. It's the fucking predator. Like it doesn't bother me. Like I, I don't think it, like he gets away with being able to do more cool shit. In my opinion, that he's CGI. So I like it. Uh, fun set of scenes, very action packed. Um, and we get some good, you know, in the last set and in this set, I think there's some good suspense. And I feel like some of these other predator movies don't do that as well. Like this one just has a little bit more of those, like very like ooh god. That one almost got me. Like, my heart jumped a little bit. So I really like that they went that direction in this movie. So we get more bullshit with the languages again. So it's another it's another reason that the Frenchmen were not needed, in my opinion, because they're speaking French. And then all of a sudden he comes over and starts talking to her. And he's speaking – or is he speaking English? Is he speaking Comanche? I know he's speaking Comanche, but it just pisses me off, man. Why are you introducing these languages? We are smart enough to understand the premise of this movie. We're smart enough to watch damn subtitles. Put it in the original tongue. Okay, right over. Um, they did. We get a pretty sweet uh, shot here of, you know, the Predator killing all the Frenchies. That was cool. They were just out here trying to play a little <laughs> game I like to call it to catch a Predator. And he said, nay, nay, not today. <laughs> he, he just uh, opened up a can on. Uh, Different kind of Predator, Dustin. <laughs> oh, I thought Chris Hansen was like, hey, why don't you have a seat on this log? (laughs) But uh, seeing how it killed and how it outsmarted all them uh, because of the technology, like it really reminded me of this hypothetical that I've had living rent free in my head for years. If you were to drop me, Dustin Franklin, in the 1700s with a fully charged, fully functional iPhone, I would take over the entire world. And this just proves my point because they like this thing just had technology that the Frenchies didn't have, and uh, and it really had a had a leg up on them. It was awesome. Um, the action really picked up in this set of scenes. We get some, like that whole scene right there was just awesome because the fog played into it too. Like it just yes. it just made it look so cool. So great shots there. Um, the action really picked up. I'm all the way in here and ready to see how we're going to wrap it up. All right, here's the ending, guys. Naru is at the water cleaning up as others get back to the Comanche camp to tell of what's happened. Naru wakes up with Sari by her side. They see Big Beard at the water. She points the gun at him but doesn't shoot. She runs up on him and bashes his head. He wakes up and swats at rats who are gnawing on his leg wound. He crawls for the gun he sees and Naru says, You bled my brother, so now I bleed you. You think that I am not a hunter like you. She takes the orange totsia. He fires the gun, but click. The Predator walks towards him and right past Naru. He decapitates Big Beard. Naru shoots Predator in the back of the head, and she takes his helmet. She sets up the helmet in a specific location. Naru leaps out a tree and hacks his back with the axe. He tosses her, and Sari jumps on him, biting him. Naru runs away and tricks the Predator into cutting its own arm off. He begins to fight her now, and she slides back in between two rocks, preventing herself from having her head cut off. She rips one of his fangs, I think, off and stabs him with it, and she gets away. She stabs his knee and wraps something around his neck and pulls him into the quicksand. 
He sinks below, but slowly emerges. Predator goes to shoot Naru, and the helmet activates and shoots the Predator in the head, killing it. She lets out a victory cry, and now we see a young girl run to the edge of camp. We see Naru and Sari walking to the camp with the Predator's head in her hand. She tosses it to the ground and tosses Warchief the gun. He says we need to head to more protected ground. They let out victory chants and celebrate Naru in the end credits roll. Brian, what do you think of the ending? Oh, I love the ending. Um, and the way that whole final battle plays out, I love how Naru uses the asshole Frenchman as bait. Um, how she you know, really concludes that arc that I was talking about earlier of her coming into that, just being a badass and really learning that the fact she's seen as not a threat, the fact that she's underestimated by everyone is really a strength that she uses to her advantage. Um, I thought that was really well written. Um, that shot of him drinking water and then her coming out of fucking nowhere, blurry, fast as hell and knocking him out, I thought was just another beautiful shot. Um, speaking of beautiful in this last scene, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it fucking snowing? Because yeah, that's... That seems that seems out of the I don't want to say out of the ordinary shit I don't know but it seems out of like it's it, it's not the season that I was given when I was watching this I didn't feel like it was like cold fall like winter type to me I'm glad you said why. that because I thought the same thing like it's, know, but, it's so you know, bizarre how much time has passed right yeah I don't know anyway um so it looked really good I'll give it that um all, all I want I mean Trachtenberg all he has to say is go yeah I put so in it because I thought it fucking looked cool and I'd be like Okay, it did. Great. But anyway, um, we get another Predator 2 Easter egg with, with the Predator getting its arm cut off here. Movie stinks, but apparently someone who wrote this movie likes that movie. Um, all in all, I really like it. You know, I, I, I'm glad the dog didn't die. Um, like the way it all played out, even if it was a little far-fetched. I mean, we are talking about fighting an alien from another planet. Exactly. But, you know, it, it was fine. It was a very enjoyable movie to me. Um, oh, and one more fun fact about the end here. You know, I don't know if you guys continued to watch it right before the credits, but if you notice, there was that animated kind of end title sequence. Um, it, if you watch it, it's the entire movie just kind of written almost like on like animal hides, like on art, just using the art. But if you watch the whole thing and it gets to the end of the movie you just watched, it even goes further. And it like it shows three Indians and like, three or four, I think, Predator ships coming out of the, the thing. So I don't know if that's supposed to allude to the next chapter of the story. I don't know. But uh, the credit sequence was made by top award-winning Native American artists in hide art, painting and animal hides, like I said. That's um, awesome. To be, to be just kind of more period accurate. But anyway, that's it. Well, that's awesome. Um, man, I, I think this ending is badass. Like, I think we get a really good fight scene between – Naru and Predator, which is what I kind of here for now. Like, okay, you've set it up. Like, I kind of want to see how this goes down. And I, I think they do a pretty good job of making it believable enough all the way from when her brother hits, hits a Predator in the head and, you know, knocks part of it off. Like, I think all of that from that moment on, it really kicks up. I think uh, it shows Naru is very intelligent in some of the decisions that she makes, which we don't get a lot in horror movies. People make really dumb decisions. Uh, looking at you, Halloween ends and kills. Um, but yeah, but again, I, I love the best part of the end here is the way it's shot. Beautiful cinematography and imagery. Like, yeah, the snow makes no sense. Like, I'm just going to be like, that does not make sense, but I don't know if it has to, you know, like, again, we're talking about a movie about an alien from another planet. 
like you could have put snow in June in this movie. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, man. Cool visuals. Like I don't like I don't need the logic there. Like I think it works. It just adds a little something to it. And I love when she comes back, just kind of, you know, throws the head, which was awesome and just like, hey, we need to move somewhere else. She's kind of a boss bitch now, for lack of a better term. Like I she's in you know, you know, look at me, I'm the captain now. Like kind of that vibe and I think it's great. Uh really, you know, a good fight scene. And I think this is again if you leave out some of this Frenchman stuff, and I know the gun comes into play, and I feel like maybe you could have shortened that up a little bit, and it would have been the same story. Just kind of remove some of those elements. I think you got a damn good, you know, installment in this franchise, and I still think it's pretty good, and I enjoy it. Yeah. So um, I could go a thousand years without seeing rats chewing on a nub again, and that would still be too soon. So um, any filmmakers out there that are making movies we're going to be reviewing don't do that that was gross man um cool visual but that was nasty um i i meant to say this earlier but i love when they're in the uh, the marsh there man is that quicksand anyone else have an irrational fear of quicksand as a kid like thought that was going to be much more much bigger problem yes exactly it actually turned out to be <laughs> but that was cool um i think it's an absolute genius move by her to intentionally lower her body temperature and use Frenchie as bait. That was cool. Um, I, I, I thought that this the ending here was nice. We get a good redemption story for her. Like she failed earlier when she went out on the hunt. She fell out of the tree and had to be rescued like a damsel in distress. And then she came back and was like, no, I'm the badass. And so that was cool to see her back at her tribe and getting uh, celebrated like that. Um, it's just uh, it's it's a good ending to the movie. Um, and yeah, I, I just I don't have too much more to say other than it was it was a fitting and appropriate ribbon to tie. All okay, right. let's jump into social media comments and questions. Brian's going to do Twitter. I got Instagram. Chris underscore twenty twenty commented, "Awesome prequel done right. Love the continuity Easter egg to Predator too. Do you guys like these connections, or rather have them be singular compact stories set in one universe? I haven't seen Predator two in so long. I can't answer that fairly." Uh, Brian, what do you think? I know you've probably seen it more recently than I have. Well, I mean, I hate Predator 2, but I'm also a continuity <laughs> whore. So I would, I love all the stuff connecting. So I'm definitely all for it. Okay. Uh, Mike, Dustin, do you have any thoughts there? If not, I mean, I I'm, a bit, I'm a big fan of Easter eggs and almost everything. Like, I'm always looking for an Easter egg. So I can, I've only seen the first two Predators and then AVP. So, like, I recognize Predator 2 stuff, which I think I like more than Brian does. I don't love it. I, don't love it. I want to make that very clear. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I like it a little more than you. Uh, so I, I, I'm always going to love good continuity and Easter eggs. Just don't go full Halloween 2018 and do it every five minutes. That's all I'm asking. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I like continuity. I like uh, one continual universe unless, uh, you know, unless a spinoff or a new take on it is necessary. But also, I've been on a rant for the past month plus of uh originality being dead so don't overdo it this was not overdoing it we haven't had an entry in this franchise in a long time and this is a fresh take that was very well done don't take that to your don't let that go to your head and come out here and make nine sequels of this movie and just make me sick of it there you go all right jay hamburg 88 comment a great prequel i love the look of the predator okay uh missy hutchinson wall commented i really look i really enjoyed this one 
and at a good time and place vibe with great cinematography. The Predator creature is awesome. Okay. And a big friend of the show, the Black Han Solo commented. uh, Just give me a little bit because he wrote a lot. Been a fan of the Predator franchise ever since my dad showed me the first two when I was a kid. The second is my favorite of all time because Danny Glover's character was the first to actually kill a Predator because technically in Predator 1, that Yacha used his 25 kill streak, sorry, Call of Duty reference, and killed himself. But this film shows us that before him it was Naru, which is still cool if not cooler, because the top two Predator killers of Earth that we know so far are POC. And I legit bring up Danny Glover's character every year for Black History Month when the black horror protagonist conversation comes up. I say all that representation is important in this film, is the or he went to the second comment. I say all that to say that representation is important. I agree, and this is a prime example all the way down to certain small details of the Comanche culture, such as agricultural practices, the way they aim their bows, etc. I love this film. My ranking in the Predator franchise went from Predator Two, Predator One, Predators, and AVP Unrated to Prey, Predator Two, P One, PS, AVP Unrated, and yes, you to say AVP Unrated. The whole thing just like a pimp named Slickback because AVP Unrated is an entirely different film in my opinion. I digress. I love this film. I prefer the Comanche version, but I understand if you don't like subs. Love you guys. Can't wait to see what y'all think of this movie. P.S. You guys should definitely do Predator 2 and Predators. First of all, thank you for your comment, Black Hound Solo. Second of all, I'm sorry. I just don't like that movie. So, like I said, it definitely has its fan base. But uh, I would love to do them. I don't mind I, doing I Predator it. too, but as long as you don't make us do the Predator, I'm good. Just, just, <laughs> I, well, pre- no. to me, Predators is better than, than, I mean, I don't know. It's right up there with this one to me. So, right. I, but I the one they put out there in 2018 yes. was a piece of shit. That's trash. Ugh. I agree. And before you go, Brian, I'll just say about the representation thing. That's another reason why I like Saul. The two detectives in that movie are, you know, Danny Glover, a black man, and you have an, an Asian man as well. I like that as well. I think Danny Glover is underrated, honestly, in the Saul franchise. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I like Danny Glover. I like that he's using that kind of. I do role. too. I, I I love it too. That's why Chris Rock was in. Never mind. Sorry. No, <laughs> I, 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 I like maybe. that as well. <laughs> I know that's Dustin's favorite. So. I'm sorry, my AirPods died. I couldn't hear you. Anyway, let's go on to uh, Twitter comments. It's not um, personal. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing Sh- Sean Irwin said, friend of the show, Sean Irwin, blood donor, Sean Irwin. He said he was looking forward to this one. Also said that he's been waiting for this one for uh, that it was such a good movie. Um, is this a better movie in Comanche or English, or does it even make a difference to you? I'll put it to you, Dustin. Didn't see it in Comanche. Oh. By the way, so. It matters to me, buddy. They shouldn't even put the English one out. Take it off Hulu. <laughs> Only put the Comanche version. I can read. I have a high school education. Get off my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about it, Nico? I would have to go back and rewatch the Comanche version because I haven't seen it. I only watched the English version. So I, I don't really have a, a, a good answer. I guess it doesn't matter for me. Yeah, I don't have a preference either. I like them both. It doesn't really make a difference. I I, I can separate it in my mind. So I like this one, actually, you know, because I think it's going back to Star Trek because, you know, the, they do the same thing with all the aliens in Star Trek, like all the Klingons. Everybody t- talks fucking Klingon for like two seconds and then talks English to us the time. So well, I get it. It's a fictional it. language, so it's, it's harder. That's true. That's very true. Um, uh, Kevin Scanlon. Let's see what he has to say. Just finished up Prey. boy, Kevin. So you're hey. not suspended this. 
not suspended this week. Um, <laughs> the, the, this movie was damn good. Certainly a worthy entry into the Predator franchise. I agree. I'll be interested to hear y'all's thoughts on this one. Well, I hope you listen to this because that's our thoughts. Um, Matt Sears, friend of the show and doing a blood donor pick for him this, this month. Uh, Constantine. Constantine is what he picked. Um, he said, great movie, uh, but since, you know, best since the original and maybe just as good. When she ties the rope on her tomahawk and starts whipping that thing around and dispatches those French-Canadian fur hunters. Oh, is that what they were? We called them Frenchmen the whole time, just Frenchies. All, I'm sorry. Okay, French-Canadian fur hunters. There you well, go. to be Matt fair, the, it is because the French, um, the French uh, dynasty, the French expansion into the West was happening that time, which is why there's so many French Canadians in Montreal, and they all they all sound like they got peanut butter stuck on the roof of their mouth. That's right, though. Man, back in my day, we called French Canadian fur hunters Rene Dupree. Oh, my bad. <laughs> anyway, oh, man, he said two people will get that joke. He said great scene. Also, let's get this out here before everyone. Oh, geez, here we go. Sorry again, Black Hawn Solo, but Matt Sears is a hater of your favorite movie. Um, also, let's get this out there before everyone brings up the connection of the pistol being the same one that shows up in Predator 2. Predator 2 sucks. Like Nico going full flamethrower on 3 from Hell sucks. It needs to be said before someone tries to claim that it isn't that bad. Well, I would say that Black Han Solo disagrees with you, Matt. Uh, that's all we had. Oh, okay. Goddamn. Nothing wrong with a little disagreement. So, ain't nothing wrong with... <laughs> okay, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done with Twitter questions? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah we're done yeah, with Twitter. Done. Okay. Uh, let's jump into fun facts now. Uh, Brian, me and, me and Brian don't have any. Dustin, Mike, y'all got any fun facts for tonight? I got just a couple. Uh, producer Jane Myers herself uh, of Comanche and Blackfoot lineage, she served as historical advisor for uh, Prey's portrayal of the Comanche Nation. And in that endeavor, it's safe to say that Prey did its job extremely well, uh, which it seemed to have, in my untrained eye at least. Uh, Sari, which was Naru's dog and constant companion, had no previous movie ex experience and was adopted specifically for this role only two months before shooting. So that's pretty cool. Um, as of August 9th of this year, this is now the highest rated Predator movie in the entire franchise, according to Rotten Tomatoes. And it's the all-time highest viewed premiere of any TV show or movie on Hulu ever. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I could not find a gross for this film, obviously, because it was put on Hulu. I, I couldn't find a legitimate gross. But like you said, it... It premiered as the highest viewed movie on that platform ever or highest anything on that platform ever. So I think that would speak for itself as far as, you know, it probably would have made quite a bit of money if it had a theater run uh, or, uh, you know, like a nationwide theater run. Uh, but the movie was made for $65 million, which you, when you compare that, and I know inflation, but let's just, let's just take it out for a minute. The original predator was made for $18 million uh, and the, the the Predator in 2018 movie that sucked ass was made for $88 million. So, again, a little wow. stripped back, a little more bare bones. Uh, and so, yeah, man, uh, $65 million, which is a little more than I thought it was made for, to be honest with you. But I checked three different sources just to make sure that number wasn't wrong. <laughs> that blows my mind because there's not really any big names in the cast and the CG look like shit. What are we doing here? <laughs> Animal shot in Canada. It's not like it was even in the United States. That's a, that's another. I mean, usually you go out of the country to save money, but 
anywho, uh, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Who wants to kick us off this week? Uh, my okay, <laughs> my. I mean, I guess this is a cop out. I don't know, but my favorite kill was actually the bear, uh, because I just love the way Predator lifts it up over its head and the blood's pouring down. Like, it, I think it's a cool visual. Nice. Uh, I don't really have a least favorite kill. Like, I don't think there's like a bad, like an actual bad kill in the movie. I guess the the off screen ones that we get with the you know exploding saucer bomb, you know, yo yo looking things like that's fine. Like, okay, that's yeah. I I, I guess it's those. Um. Okay, so I think this is a really solid installment into this franchise. Again, I haven't seen every movie in the franchise, but I'm familiar enough with what takes place to really be a fan of this film. And I like this approach more than I do the original Predator film. I really do. A little less action, a little more grounded, uh, a little, just a little less explosive you know, stuff going on around me, and just a more bare-bones basic story. I think it has a strong female lead. It's awesome. She kicks ass. I love the character of Nauru. Uh, and I, again, really strong showing as an entry to this franchise. And by the way, I think the performance of Predator with the stop motion or the, or she, excuse me, the motion capture stop motion. It's like Nightmare on Elm Street or the, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know what I mean? Uh, that's not what I meant. But, you know, the motion capture, like all the performances are really, really solid. So there's a reason it's the highest rated movie of this franchise, and it's the highest I'm going to give a, uh, a movie in this franchise. So I'm going to also – me and IMDb got a lot in common because I'm going to give this a 7.25. All right, I'll go next. Uh, favorite kill – I hope you all remember which one I'm talking about, but it's when the Predator is fighting all the Frenchmen. He kind of throws his thing. It's kind of like a net, and then yeah. like – it just yeah. like rips him to pieces, or whatever, into the earth. Thought that one was unique and was really cool. Smart Least hair. favorite kill. I want to go with the the guys that were on the horse that were killed kind of off screen. Uh, but it was pretty hard to pick the favorite kill because there was a lot of good predator kills. Uh, I'm gonna be short and sweet. I didn't really write anything too much. Thought the movie was well made and well acted. The the actress who portrayed Naru was great. Uh, but like I said, it just it really didn't do much for me, honestly. From like a story, it just. All right, the Predator showed up in a different time and kind of did his thing. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of the new look of the Predator. I kind of like the uh, old metallic ma- the me- metallic mask. I like that look better, personally. But the actor did a fine job as a Predator. Uh, but if, I w- if I'm ever in the mood to watch a Predator movie, I'm going to pick the original. I, mean, I hate to be that guy, but I just like that one better. I have more nostalgia for it. Grew up on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, but anyway, I, I just Brian, I gave it a 5.5. I thought it was okay, but nothing too special. All right. So um, my favorite kill, I went with the Frenchie that he pinned him up against a tree and then his shield like opened up and decapitated him. That was pretty cool, man. His capo was detated. Office reference there. (laughs) That was my Uh, number two. Yeah. And uh, least favorite kill was any of the ones that were killed off off screen as Naru's walking back in that the mines went off and killed them or whatever those were because we didn't get to see anything there um but as far as the movie man like i said the first time i was watching it i was really not optimistic through the first bit i thought it was real too slow and i thought it focused way too much on the the tribe and their story and i just didn't know what was going on then the cgi came in and made me even more weary but as the movie progressed, I got more and more into it. And then on the second watch, once I knew, okay, don't 
I think that made me have more of an open mind towards it the second watch because I knew it wasn't terrible. So I watched it again. I ended up liking it a lot more. Like I said, I gave the original Predator a five. This one is much better, to my, in my opinion. I gave it a 6.75. Nice. Okay, uh, my favorite kill is the same as Nico's, the French-Canadian fur hunter and then the net. Um, my least favorite kill is not seeing the, you know, the asshole fat Frenchman that he, that she uses bait. Um, I wanted to see him, like, I wanted to see his death, and I didn't feel like that I got that as much as I wanted to. So that's my least favorite kill. Um, you know, again, I love this cast as much as mid thunder is by herself in this movie. I think she fucking kills it. You know, um, like I said, it's not an exaggeration to me to say Nauru is as good as, as Ripley or Sarah, Sarah Connor's characters. Um, when we reviewed the original predator, I think I got caught up a little bit with, with having blood donor, uh, Andrew Ferguson on, I rated it a 9.5. Um, in retrospect, I'd probably give it an 8.75 and that's what I'm going to give this one. An 8.75. Okay, that gives us a composite score of 7.0625. IMDb's at a 7.2, so we're pretty spot on. Nice. Uh, any more final thoughts on Prey before I just shout out our blood donors and Mike will announce his pick for next week? No, let's do it. All right, blood donors, we really appreciate y'all. We really thank you. I can't express that uh, enough. Y'all take a big, big burden off of us. Our camper level reoccurring are Clayton J, Nina, Michelle Mirza, Andrew Ferguson, speaking of Predator, Carrie Adams, the Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, and Sean Irwin. Our camp counselor reoccurring are Hunter Nelson, Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davis from a Too Close to Home Podcast, Heather Smith, Kylie Denise, all the way from Australia, Adrian Aiello, Jake Hambrick, the Legion podcast and my friend Clay Moore. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, final guide donors we have film reviews to do are Christian Cunningham and Matt Sears, which we will be knocking out at the end of this month, both of them. Uh, I'm excited we can finally take care of that business. Uh, yeah. I hate that we've had to delay it so long, but hey, business has been booming. We, we can't help we're busy. Uh, Mike, what's your pick for next week, brother? Yeah, kind of the whole reason I picked this month in the first place. I was looking for a reason to do this movie. I My pick is Fear Street 1978. Uh, it is the second installment in the Fear Street trilogy that Netflix put out. I believe that was 2021 uh, in the summer there over a stretch of three weeks. I thought that was a really cool way to release it. And like we talked about in those instant reactions, we're getting more of those movies because of the success of it. So I'm excited to talk about what is my favorite in that trilogy. Not Fear Street 1976, by the way, which apparently. (laughs) Hey, I thought it, Hey, man, there, I kind of thought it was for a while too. Like, I I don't know why my brain doesn't go there, but I mean, 1978 is when the first Halloween came out. Like I should know this shit. Right. (laughs) I'm excited for your pick next week, Mike. It's been on my list for a long time. Kind of just figuring out, damn, how do I, when should I pick this? When, when, uh, what theme or should I just right. YOLO? But I'm glad you picked this theme, honestly. I'm going to touch on that one more time. I haven't seen any of these movies except Fear Street this month. So I'm excited we're doing this. And, right. you know, I've, I've never been a subscriber to Hulu. Uh, only been a Shudder member for a couple months at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited we're doing these movies. And who knows, maybe Shudder or Hulu will throw us a bone at the end of the month. Who knows? That'd be great. Shudder. Yeah. Shudder. Listen. Horror yeah, Shutter. content. Hey, and business has been booming, god dang it. (laughs) Anywho, uh, just want to thank all our fans and listeners again. We really appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, and hey, listen, 
go back and listen to our original Predator review yes. with, with Andrew Ferguson. It's on uh, don'tgooutthere.com in case anybody was wondering. Just want to remind everybody. Don't go out You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.